0: You're a uh, beautiful bunch of people. Yeah. I have notes. Did it just do that? Yeah, it just did. Okay. Hey, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, the notes will help me to do something that kind of is joined together and flows and, and makes sense. Um. Because usually with me, it's just a bunch of revelations put on paper that oftentimes don't even relate to each other. But I tried this more, this today, you know, to make this uh, so that it would, uh, we could understand it. Because I was dealing with some, <sighs> some serious things, but some lovely things. What, what we're called to, leaders in the body of Christ, Is to equip or to equip each other so there's some things that I want to share this morning that are all about spiritual warfare okay it has nothing to do with casting out demons what I'm sharing I mean that's warfare has nothing to do with healing the sick It has to do with our tongue and how that we can we have the power of life and death in our tongue so how we how we choose to use it we'll touch on both sides and um you can't talk about the tongue without talking about the heart if we talk about the tongue and the do's and don'ts, the rights and wrongs, with it we bless God and curse our brother and all that stuff. Then we can get into what we should do and shouldn't do. But the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. So it's not the tongue, it's the heart that's the issue. And with the heart, we're not looking for blame. We're not looking for how to do it right. We're looking to get healed because a healed heart that's in Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus is in, life flows from it. Sweet water. Blessing of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, just to keep things on the light side, the fun side, we'll deal with slander and gossip and Jezebel. So, you know, it be a fun morning. No, um, no, we're going to actually deal with those things, because this church, this gathering, this group of people is so blessed, and none of us know the extent of the blessing that's on this place. We do not have a glimpse of the understanding of God's plans and purposes. They are so beyond what we would think are possible. There's a day coming fairly soon where Jesus Christ, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is going to come back. He's coming here. He's coming here. You know, I was saved back in the 70s. We heard that a lot. (laughs) You know, he's coming soon. But somehow through all the years, we got, well, we didn't have to wait for him to come because we had his presence. That's what it became about. So much about God's presence with us now. God healing us now. Father heart of God. All this really good stuff. we experienced something a few weeks ago on sunday night we had a night of worship and my personal experience was behind the conga drums and and singing a bit but all of a sudden the power and the presence of god was no longer just in me and it was no longer just on me. It was all around me. It was all around the room because I heard the reports later of people's worship that night was was mind-blowing. There was a level of freedom and presence of God that was so amazing, and I felt a shift in the spirit take place. And it was witnessed when I shared that with others later. Yes, they felt it, And that shift, I knew at the time, was permanent. And I said it to folks. There has been a shift tonight, and it's permanent. And it's been permanent. You can't come in here on a Sunday morning anymore and begin worshiping without feeling the presence of God immediately. And it doesn't matter what kind of worship. I don't care if it's jump up and down, you know, joyful praise or if it's very solemn and quiet worship. It doesn't matter. He's here. He is here. Wow, he is here. (laughs) And who is he? (laughs) Wow. Jesus? Jesus? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Jesus is here. (sighs) (sighs) I'm sorry. I don't... (sighs) I don't do this on purpose. Just release your spirit, Father. Holy Spirit, release your, the power of your transformation, your presence. Oh. It's okay, you know. If I lose it and I have no words to speak, he can still minister to you. You can forgive me. Mm, so good. I'm 67 years old. I've been a Christian for about 40 years, the church well, I, I didn't go to church for the first six months of being a Christian. Bill was in the first church I ever went to. Phil Shane. I didn't trust Christians. I'd, you know, been through the church quite a bit try, in my travels and hadn't met anybody who knew the Lord when I was a little kid. So I had reasons why I didn't want to go to a church. Last youth group meeting I was in, I went to in high school to a uh, midweek Catholic Bible study. So I I was seeking, (laughs) you know, in high school, you know, peer pressure and all that, but I was seeking. But this Catholic priest spent his time cutting up the Baptists, so I basically said, if God is love, he's not in the Christian church, and I went my way. And it was a very crooked way, very dark way. So when I did receive Jesus, praying with Mr. Smiley on the TV... It was actually David Maines. I got to meet him many, many years later and give him a hug. It was so awesome. I didn't trust Christians because I thought, well, I read the book. I'm at home alone reading the book for six months. And, and I'm at, in a halfway house at night with hardened criminals, rapists and murderers. And here I'm this young person in the office on a night shift with the door locked. And, and these guys out there, and, and uh, Jesus is sitting in a chair. So I knew Jesus was coming back on a cloud. I knew that Jesus Christ healed the sick and raised the dead, and I never saw it in any churches. So I didn't think that, ca- that the Christian church had that stuff. Little did I know there were Christian churches and lots of, lots of them, and there always has been. But I just hadn't been exposed to that stuff. I completely lost my point. This happened several times an hour. Oh. well, God's good. Ah, oh. there was a shift in the spirit. God's doing something awesome. It's permanent. Oh yeah, warfare. We didn't do the warfare to get the reward of that Sunday night in worship. We didn't do the warfare to get the presence of God that's with us now. We get to do the warfare after so that we can possess it and preserve it, and it will not go away. Come on. He shows up. He gives you a big reward, and then he allows you to pay for it. So that in the end, you stand. That's what warfare is about. When you get all that armor on, what's it say? Therefore, stand. And the most important part for a a place like this at this time is to learn how to do defensive warfare. Before we can advance, we must stand. And as long as you have anything against your brother, you're going to have a hard time standing. As long as you have anything in your heart towards the leadership, you're going to have a hard time standing. As long as you think that you know how things should be run rather than others, you're going to have a hard time standing. As long as you think you're the answer to the problems, you're going to have a hard time standing. I'm not mad at anybody. (laughs) I asked the Lord if I opened my mouth, he would speak, so uh, I trust that he's doing that. One sec here. The main reason the enemy wants to cause conflict among the saints is so that he can short-circuit your destiny. He wants to short-circuit our destiny. Believe me, when we let go, it's so easy. I know what I was, I remember what I was going to say earlier about being a, a Christian all those years. So I've been a Christian longer probably than Adam and Amy have been alive. Right? This is my pastor. This is one of the best men of God I've, I've met in my life. Yeah, I'm serious. And Amy. So I'm older than both of them. They're my pastors. I choose Submission. We have been here since all the public meetings began. And I want to tell you something. My wife and I have not once gone to them with something about what we think should be done differently. Not once. We experienced such favor, such honor, such respect, such love since we came in the doors of this building. It blows our mind. I couldn't want anything more. And if we will take the right position, they'll get it from the one who's got it. Right? They'll get the revelation from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What's my advice worth compared to that? So if we want to release the revelation that comes to them, we have to not try and deliver it. There is a great, great mystery in the body of Christ. I want to speak about unity because unity is what will protect us and preserve us and keep this presence here. How blessed it is and how pleasant it is. When the brothers dwell together in unity, it's like the precious oil that is poured on Aaron's head and flows down over his beard. Aaron was the priest. The oil was for anointing. Unity brings the anointing. Unity brings the anointing. Unity isn't agreement. We don't have to agree. But I've got your back. We don't have to agree. That's agreement. Unity is, I am, listen, there are many uh, translations of the Bible that don't say it this way. There's many that do. My favorite ones do. In the body of Christ, we are members one of another. Many translations have gone to say we belong to each other. The body of Christ is spiritual, not physical. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. They are one. You can't say anything to the Father that the Son and the Holy Spirit don't know. They feel the same about everything. They know all the same things. They are one. They are part of each other. You can't separate them. It's not possible. Jesus is part of God. Jesus is part of the Father. Father is the part of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the part of Jesus. So I am a part of you, and you're a part of me. I'm not just a part of the body of Christ. I'm a part of every member. Whatever hurts my brother in Australia that I've never met hurts me because it's a spiritual body, and it's a reality. It's a reality in the heavenly realm. Heaven isn't later. Heaven isn't over. Heaven is here. It's a thin veil. Praise God, it's getting thinner. Yeah, so the word that I'm coming with this morning about unity and some of the things that, that, that cause disruptions in that, it's It's love. It's love. It will touch on some things that we may have done wrong so we get some understanding so we walk free of it in the future. It is definitely not a thou shalt not. It's definitely not a wagging the finger at anyone. But it's sometimes we need it. Right? Sometimes we need it. And praise God, he picks me to (laughs) I would rather bring fluff any day. I would rather bring just juicy, sweet words that you know, wow, you know, what a sunny day, you know, kumbaya, Lord, you know, but no, I get the uh, other end of the stick, (laughs) sometimes, sometimes, okay, sometimes, oh, Lord, you're good, Okay, so I said the main reason the enemy wants to bring conflict between us and the body of Christ is so he can short-circuit our destiny. However, if we use love to overcome him, it prepares us for our destiny. And God is so good. All things work together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And that good is forming Christ in us. You've got to read the rest of Scripture because some people think it's a new car. Right? That's kind of good. <laughs> it's not as good as being formed in the image of Christ. Every battle that comes your way is an opportunity to find Jesus. No, you know, if I'm God and I see my kids playing around, and I want them to have a victory. Well, I guess there's going to have to be a battle. Because he wants you to taste victory. He wants you to know the way to victory, which changes your character. God is so good. Yeah, so it's the same with Jonathan and Melissa. Way younger than me. I'm all over the map here, but it's okay. Okay. Pardon, Karen? What's that? (laughs) So, let's take a look at uh, a a, a few people in in, in Scripture here. Uh, Aaron, Moses. Now, when they came out of Egypt, they just got done dancing. All right? Miriam's got her tambourine. Praise God, she's not in my congregation. I'm not, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of tambourines in the front row. So it's, it throws a drummer off, is what it does. So um <laughs> anyway, um yeah, that was shouldn't go there, eh? So Moses. They're just done dancing on the Red Sea shore. They're, they're celebrating. And um They get a moment, a little break. So Miriam decides to accuse her her brother, Aaron and Miriam, come to Moses and say, look, Moses, uh, you're not really qualified to lead. You married a Cushite. She's not a daughter of Abraham. Hey, they had a legitimate case. How could the wife of the leader of the nation, not be a Jew. Well, maybe because God made her too. And the thing is this, it's, it's like it's, it's right there, the fly in the ointment, it's on purpose. It's, it's <laughs> you're not chosen because you're qualified, you're qualified because you're chosen. That's news for me, too. I just got that. So, but it's true. And it's the same thing with Aaron later. Okay, uh, I won't get into the rest of the story, just that that Miriam and her brother Aaron, uh, Aaron had accused Moses. And God shows up and says, hello? And he puts them in their place, and poor Miriam gets leprosy for coming against Moses. And they had a legitimate legal case. But he was the one that was chosen. So later, we know the story through the, the wilderness. Aaron ends up, when Moses is up on the mountain, throwing, he, you know, he made a golden calf. And when, when Moses came back, he says, well, we threw the gold in the fire, and this calf came out. Have you read it? We, we threw the gold in, and this, this calf came out. Uh, uh. So then the tribe of Korah comes up against uh Aaron. And they're all Levites, right? They're all sons of Levi. All of the nation of Israel are sons of Abraham, all of the leaders. Uh, The priests are the sons of Levi. This is a fairly common thing. They said, don't we all have God? What makes you so special? Don't we all have the Holy Spirit? Why do you get to decide? And they're accusing Aaron at this point, and Aaron was the guy that threw the calf in the, or brought the, the golden calf, right? They worshiped. But Moses comes to Aaron's, defense. And God comes to Aaron's defense. And he says, well, a few things happened. The tribe of Korah that brought the complaint, the ground opened up and ate them. So, you know, that's one of the rewards. (laughs) Um, But God instructed them, take one of every of the tribes... Um, in Levi, and the, f- the leader of it, take their, their staff. It took the 12 staffs, one from Aaron, one from all the others. I don't know if they put them in the uh, temple overnight, but the next day, Aaron's rod had almond flowers on it. Aaron's rod budded. This is a stiffy stick he'd been carrying around for years, you know, an old dead stick. It's God's choice. Is this clock correct? I'm supposed to be done by 12 o'clock-ish? What, like 12.30-ish? 12 o'clock? Okay, all right. This always happens. I take way too long. I have way too many notes. I'll just say a few things about unity. Oneness is a weapon. Okay? I want you to picture for a moment a bunch of Roman soldiers with big shields. And there's, say, a hundred of them out on the field. And they're surrounded with guys that have got bows and arrows. Now, a hundred guys on the field, each with his own shield, scattered all over the field. He's protected, you know, from here to here, from here to here. Take the hundred guys, put them all in a bunch, form a circle, holding up their shields all around. The other guys put their shields up on top. It's completely closed like a tortoise shell. They're completely protected. They're completely protected. Now, underneath the shields, all these Roman soldiers, Jim's got a problem with Bob. So he goes like this and hits Bob in the eye. Bob falls down and stabs himself. The shield comes down. They're all vulnerable. They're all vulnerable because Bob wouldn't leave Jim alone or whoever hit whoever there. 1 Corinthians 12.25 says that there would be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all of the members suffer with it. The most important ground for the spiritual battle is the ground between me and my brother. Slander and gossip. The only reason we would get into things like that with our tongue is that we get offended. I, I've got a lot of really good scriptures here on judging, on forgiveness, on all of these, these things of, uh, you know, our tongue. With it, we we worship God and curse our brother, and these curses are real, and i will we'll talk very quickly about how to deal with that. Gossip and slander. This is just a warning for us. Every time you say something about a brother or sister that's unkind or unfavorable that you would be embarrassed to do it in front of Jesus, you release an arrow in the spirit realm. God said, wherever two or three agree together as touching anything, it will be done for them. While oh, my Father which is in heaven. Satan was listening. Hmm. If I can get two or three Christians to agree against another Christian. He's looking for intercessors. The evil one wants us to agree with someone to say something negative about another human being. Saved or not saved, it doesn't matter. They're all made, we are all made in the image of God. I want you to take this home. I I trust you, Father God, that you're imparting something that's really good inside of us. It's just going to lift us up to the next level. It's not condemnation, it's not blame, it's not accusation, it's noticing something that's, there was a tremor in the force. You know, it's noticing something in our midst that's been trying to raise its ugly head, and we want to kill it so that all of us walk in freedom. Does that make sense? Is, like, I'm not, I'm not a real bad guy, right? <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, literally, I can tell you in all honesty, When we slander and gossip, we lose spiritual power to hurt our brothers and sisters. It will bring sickness. It can bring depression. It can bring financial problems in other people's lives because we are one. And in the body, the physical body, when certain certain cells mutate into cancer, it kills the body. When, 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 God, when, when Paul talks about taking communion unworthily, he talks about because you have not properly discerned the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You take a piece of bread, symbolizing that you are one with everybody else in the loaf. And it's love. God wants to just lift us up. One of the things that happened many, many years ago to me is that I, um, it wasn't difficult because I was obviously vulnerable, but I I had a friend in my home, and they were just going on about the pastor, and going on about the pastor, and they were hurt, and it was real, and they were bitter, and it was real, and they left, and I was hurt, and it was real, and I was bitter, and it was real. It's called getting slimed. It's when somebody is with you, or does something to you, and you pick up a spirit that's not God's spirit, you just got slimed. I got slimed. I went into the same thing for days until my wife, you know, got through to me, realized what was going on, broke it off me, it was done and gone, and finished it over completely. Because it was a spirit. Do I want the spirit going around the congregation touching people? No, definitely not. This is for our benefit. So I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that you come and cleanse us right now with your blood. Where the blood of Jesus is, the destroyer may not come in. I just plead the blood of Jesus Christ on all of our hearts and minds, everyone in this room, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. It's getting late. Okay. But I have steps, okay, if anybody is suffering anything. If you have some things that are blockages in your life, there's things that won't go away with sickness or finances or different things. I have seven steps. In case someone else has said things and these are curses in your home, it's so, so simple uh, to get rid of it. It's like that. It's just, you know, it's a little bit of forgiveness. It's a little bit of, and uh, so I I was going to go through that, but I'm not going to go through it right now. Okay, now I'm going to, you know, get where the rubber meets the road just a little bit. Okay. Listen, I want to talk to you about things that um, have, you know, been a problem in the past and can be in the future, but we don't want them to be. And that is other leaders out there with ministries in the body of Christ that you don't think are valid or right or real or whatever. Paul Young. Did I say that out loud? The Shack. The Shack is an absolutely wonderful book. I don't care what other people think about it. It's a wonderful book. People meet Jesus Christ through it. He's a very, very sweet man. He's been a Christian for so many years. He's in love with God. He believes that Jesus Christ is our Savior, that you have to be saved, that you need the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's no other way of salvation. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all existed before creation. Everything is made through the, him and so forth. There may be an area in his life or something that he believes that's off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't look too close at me then. But he's my brother in Christ. I might not put his book on my shelf. I might not promote what... He, what one area of that he says doctrinally but he's a brother in Christ so if I gossip or if I slander who's better him or me if i criticize just leave him alone don't read his book if you've been warned by other christians or whatever well all i'm pointing out is our our reactions our responses our behavior our responsibility It's the same with uh, Robert Henderson, or even at one point, Arthur Burke. Now, there's still many churches in the world that have a big, big problem with Arthur Burke. But basically, he's standard in any really alive church. It's a wonderful, uh, they have a think tank of this constantly coming out with revelation on inner healing and spiritual life and so forth. Robert Henderson, a man that I completely love all of his stuff. I I I love him, and I love all of his materials, but it's controversial. Some people don't, don't get it, don't want it. That's absolutely fine. When I was at Youth with a Mission, I had a leader that, that blessed me, just blessed me one day. I went to him because I had a real problem with a guy who was in, well, I'll just say it, Word of Faith, because Word of Faith is wonderful and lovely and beautiful. But there was a guy, it was a Word of Faith minister, and he had a great healing ministry, but. I heard him say to this little old lady, she said, I I tried. He said, that's your problem. I didn't tell you to try to believe. I told you to believe. I saw a great lack of compassion. I saw a great lack of the presence of Jesus in that. So I went to my leader and uh, Earl Pitts. I was running the base at YWAM at that, that time. And I said, look, I want to talk to you about this guy. I want to talk to you about the things he did wrong. He said to me, if you want to talk about a certain behavior and whether it's acceptable or not, I'll talk to you. If you want to talk to me about a guy, I don't have time. You want to talk to me about the, a man and his faults, things he did wrong, I don't have time for that. I'll talk to you about the technical stuff of doing this or doing that, if whether saying something like this is compassionate or not. But if you want to talk about a man in a way like that, I just don't have time for it. Normally, the reason we judge others, because we're not going to normally get into gossip and slander until we judge them. We don't judge them unless we got hurt. So the first thing, and I mean, I know this is kindergarten, right? I know that. But the first thing when we get hurt is to forgive. Jesus said 70 times 7. Because Peter said, how many times do I got to forgive this guy? Well, forever. You don't have to trust him. But you got to forgive him. If every time I get within three three feet of a person, he hits me in the head with a baseball bat. And I go up to him. I say, I'm not coming near you. He said, well, don't you forgive me? Yeah, I forgive you, but I trust you. You put the bat down. <laughs> as long as you got a bat in your hand. So there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. But as sin, when we get hurt, we, we have to go to the cross. That sin's got to find its way to the cross. Jesus Christ took the sin of every human being upon himself on the cross and took it into death. He's the Prince of Glory. He's the one that we love. He's the one that shed his blood for us. He's the one that had his back ripped open for us. So if Buddy sins against me, and I, in order to not forgive him, I have to trample underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ as a common thing and say, sorry, the price wasn't enough. I can't take the sin off of Jesus and put it back on my brother. That's what we're doing. So, now, the thing is for me to wiggle my way out of getting heavy here. Just to get back to, uh, um, well, God's good. So... um, I'm I'm done here. Mm. Father, you're so good. We're just shining a light on something that God has spoken about again and again and again. Like I said, there there is no judgment. We're trying to guard this great victory that He brought. So I thank you for your presence, Lord. I thank you for your Word. I just ask that this. That it become revelation in our hearts, Lord God. Not just something we're heard, but if we'll carry this around, we will be so protected, we'll be so walking in the light of your love that we can bump into people and they'll be blessed. You know, that we would carry your presence. There's nothing defiling in you. There's no unforgiveness in you. There's no doubt. There's no, no fear. There's no cursing. Our words are the greatest weapon. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. The tongue only speaks what the heart's full of. The heart needs to be healed. Bring your healing touch, Jesus. We need to constantly seek inner healing and deliverance because it's life. It's every time you go for inner healing and deliverance, you come up a level into the sweet, loving presence of Jesus Christ. And he will impart something i ask right now you impart something that bread of life when we do take communion that bread of life that's in us lord jesus christ oh let it be like leaven that leavens the whole lump of dough let it spread through all of our heart all of our mind all of our soul all of our spirit and all of our body lord god we give you glory and honor lord god this is a message of love this isn't a message of anything else it's not finding fault it's love It's protection, it's purity, it's holiness, it's resurrection life, Lord God. You were so walking in this that when people got near you, they got healed. Everyone. You are our life, Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that you increase, increase the presence of the Holy Spirit and the transforming power inside of us today. Let us give greater honor to each other. Let us prefer our brother above ourselves, Lord God, let us walk in this kind of love. This could be a reality for us, God. Let us be the strongest group of people. The enemy can't find a place to wedge in. That We can be protected and we can walk into the destiny that you have for us now. It's so good what you have for us, Lord God. We want to just close the door on the enemy. We don't want him getting in. He can't, he can't he can't short-circuit our destiny, Lord God. Because when you are for us, Lord God, who could be us?